Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hello and welcome to Owata Night, your sort of weekly reflective look back at Spurs over the last seven days slash however amount of time it's been since the last game, really. Uh, today we're going to go through some nostalgia to just kind of pick us up a little bit and then we're going to separate the good, the bad, the beautiful and the, the pretty ugly over the course of the last seven days, which has seen us face Man City as well as Southampton in the FA Cup. Two wins which were kind of differing in their positives and negatives. But firstly, does anyone want to venture and oh, what a night from the last kind of however long we've all supported Spurs? I was there when this chant was really a thing. Really? It was, it was, was it the, the first Champions League night at the new stadium that was a, a big thing? Because it was in the concourses after we beat Man City 1 0. And I, was, I went down there with my dad, and everyone was drinking and they were celebrating it was it was about 10 o'clock on a Tuesday night at that point and everyone was just seeing it so it was like a small group that got it started and then everyone that was on in the south stand they all came around and they all jumping and dancing I still have a lot of videos from that night and so Man City at home yeah the where Son got the late goal to win the first leg for us that that was such a weird game that one because I remember thinking at the time what on earth was Pep doing yeah, it was a weird decision to sort of. Well, he just he, he'd basically given Spurs too much credit. I mean, I think if if he looks back now, he, there's no doubting that if he'd come out and played like they did in the second leg, they would have they would have gone us. they would have gone on and played Ajax. Was it, 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 I remember thinking at the end of it, I was like, how on earth are we sort of in this position? Particularly when Danny wrote the, that ludicrous handball was given, and then they missed the penalty. I have to, I watched back last week actually the. Um, there's an angle of the Larice save where it's very sort of square and locked off, and you can see the whole of the south stand just <laughs> erupt. Mm, yeah, I nice. think it was probably off the back of uh, of watching his penalty save from from the weekend, just gone against City again. Um, <laughs> who wants to venture something good from the last seven days? Who wants to take the good stuff? There hasn't been much. <laughs> so I'll, I'll, do, I'll, do, I'll do good. I'll do, good. Good. I'll, do, I'll do the good stuff. So for me, um, Bergvine has got to be a good thing, but I think we might come on to the beautiful later with, with him. Mm. Um, I'm going to say the good thing is, is that even at a time when most of us will be looking around and being like, this is not anywhere near the level that we've seen or been accustomed to over the last few years, we've won the two games. Getting through the Southampton game is, I think it's a mark of a Mourinho side when he's going and doing the handshake and say, oh, the better team lost, yet we're the ones that go through to the next round. Mm. It's kind of what we got him for, isn't it? Yeah, there's an argument for it. Look, the, the, the thing, he'll come out with, I'm a serial winner. It doesn't matter how you win. You win, you win a trophy at the end of it, and that's what the game's all about. And, it, you know, there's no, no real argument to say that he's is wrong. That, is that, you know, it sort of, I was having a discussion with a few friends the other day about the idea of that's what it's all about. 
Yeah, what they so that uh, this is I have to say this isn't my view at all. I think I would much prefer to enjoy it, enjoy the whole experience. Um, Why do you reckon that is? I think that's that, that might be because I've we've never won anything. <laughs> so it's such like a, I have no real reference points here. You know, the, the, when we were on the Worthington Cup in '99, it was seen as a bit of a joke cup. When we won it in 2008, people still didn't massively give a shit about it. So it's you know, you can only it's only in the last ten years that this this absolutely you can see it as the as Twitter has become more prominent this obsession with everyone has to win a trophy has come around but it, look, the same thing has said time and time again it's a finite amount of trophies and Liverpool Manchester City Manchester United Chelsea Arsenal they're all in there Leicester do you know what I mean so <laughs> one of them has to win it and Liverpool are much better than everyone yeah. at the moment <laughs> so. So are you guys in the same boat because I think there is a little bit of a split isn't there I feel like some Spurs fans are starting to lean towards that idea that maybe it's just okay to win you know and not win beautifully I did feel sorry for me in the last few games in the sense that there are a lot of I want to say bad players but it's clear that the squad still needs an overhaul Mm. and he's never really walked into a job mid-season like he has here he has to kind of make with what he's got and so you'd have you'd argue that just getting results is success and we can worry about the way we're doing it, the means of getting there down the line. But when you when you look at the Southampton game, we were so bad. Mm. It was an awful watch. We couldn't get a foot on the game. And you you could argue that if it's kinda of like a sliding doors thing, if Mourinho wasn't available when Pochettino got sacked, then we might have been giving Ralph Parsonu to a call man. Do you reckon? I, th- I think so, and I would have liked to have seen that. Yeah. I think his stock was quite low at that point, wasn't it? Yeah, wasn't yeah, he? But then we were also one less the time. We were. I mean, that's when we were being linked with the the other Leipzig manager, though. That was me. Yeah. So now, now we're, we're facing we're, him. We're, we're about yeah. to face him, and I mean, uh, you know, that's that's to come, isn't it? It'd be we're huge for Mourinho if he can get a victory against the kind of new wave of managers yep. in, the, in the, his own style as well like if we can hold off Leipzig if we can de- defend deep and have that real siege mentality that he so wants from his teams and we knock him out yeah. then I think that's a huge thing for him I think it's showing signs of life in him I'm not surprised that there's been a sort of shift within the Spurs fan base towards really towards this winning wanting to win I just think there's a slightly we have, we have a slightly older fan base at the court, <laughs> and so when when you say like That's so polite, no, 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 no. <laughs> so polite. But so when you say like, oh, these new wave managers and people go, well, it's just about winning trophies. Where it's like, well, if he wins trophies, then then there's a debate to be had. But if we watch this season and we don't win a trophy, and then we watch next season and we don't win a trophy, and we go on playing like this, and it's terrible to watch because it, it's not great to watch. But I understand if we win a trophy, then it's all, you know means to an end but if we don't then you can't go around saying well he'll win us a trophy playing this way because he's not doing it I did quite like the quotes about the idea of a blanket like you pull it up tight and then your feet come out the bottom and your feet get cold so then you put it down over your feet and then your shoulders and your chest gets cold because he's having to manipulate the system to what it is and I think that he is to be fair to him he's doing that right he is manipulating the game to, to kind of whatever we've got is that fair Jude? I think that's probably fair. He seems to be um, understanding 
we all we all have this worry about you know central midfield and whether um, he'd ever understand what he needed from that. It seems through all this you know cover um, raggling that he is sort of getting to grips with what he wants from that. We've seen uh, Winks and Lacelso looking a lot better working together, and whether they can get Ndombele into that three. Um, Lots of tinkering, and it's. It, I think that area is definitely starting to look a little bit better. Mm. But man, that siege mentality thing, I, I just don't see. <laughs> As of, yeah. I mean, I know we beat Man City, obviously, but man, on another day, <laughs> yeah. would have been. Oh, I don't even want to think of what the scoreline might have been. So, uh, just sort of in a word, how many of us were on the it was a Mourinho masterclass, and how many of us were like, thank God we got through that? It's, it's funny because you usually see the media go with it first. The like lead the charge on this is Mourinho, but no one was saying <laughs> it. Everyone was saying you got you got lucky, you know, and and absolutely rode his luck. On like like you said, on another day Aguero pots after a couple of minutes, and we're we're back, backs against the wall. But we stay in the game. You create your own luck. Mourinho believes in chaos, right? So <laughs> football is chaos, and what what he does is you know you see it with the long balls. You put it in the in the right area, and sooner sooner rather than later, it might work for you. That, even that ball from Lucas Moura to Bergvine, does it? Does he know he's there? It just looks like... I don't think he's looking. No, exactly. <laughs> he's just putting the ball in an area where maybe... And that's what professional footballers are supposed to do. But you, you'd be lying if you said you saw some incredible attacking play and like everyone knowing when to run, when to move. <laughs> Especially, I mean, Southampton was another great performance of Son <laughs> and Lucas just passing the ball to each other and Mon going... No, you do it. And everyone going, well, I don't know what to do, so you, you do it. Run with it, quick. And there was two opportunities really back-to-back in the Southampton game. One where Lucas tried to run it on his own instead of passing to Son. And then Son did it again about two minutes late, and it's like, that's a bit. I mean, that's because neither one knew where they were supposed to run. Yeah, a bit that, of a mess. That, I suppose that is the good then, isn't it? Is the fact that we've now seen at least four of these performances that I can recall straight off the bat in... Norwich, Wolves away, so Norwich at home, Wolves away, City, and then Southampton in the Cup were fairly poor. And we've just kind of gone on and won it. And I mean, even, we'll come on to the bad stuff now, but even, I suppose, even if the performance has been crap, we've got through it. Who wants to take the bad? I mean, there'll be quite a lot of hands in the air, I imagine, here. What's been the bad? I'd say probably the weekly reminder of how evil Serge Aurier is. That is cool. Absolutely super. Let's discuss Serge Aurier then. Come on, break it down. Um, I think I do think he has improved slightly under Mourinho, but he just has these uh, these moments where his brain just switches off and suddenly there's there's a penalty to be given away and he's thinking, right, I'm going to do that. <laughs> I'll be that guy. I'm going to get on that, yeah. I, I, I really don't understand I'm going to get on that. <laughs> yeah. I'll have a slice of that. Yeah. <laughs> there it is, though, you're right. And what, what, I know maybe I'm a bit old school in this mentality, but I think we said it before, Ben, that if you give away a penalty, you should be humbled by that experience. Like, it's a big game, you've messed up, and you've let your team down. And then in the dressing room afterwards, he's like, I'm the guy, look <laughs> at me, woohoo! I won it, guys. I did it again. It's not the first time that you're giving away a penalty in a big game either. Yeah. The other games, Real Madrid away, oh, Juventus away. I think it was someone... The list is growing. He's yeah. got a track record for sure. Someone put out a, a stat a little while back um, on Twitter, and I'll, I'll have to find this afterwards, but it was along the lines of, 
oh, do you know what? Aurier doesn't actually give away as many penalties or make as many rash decisions as you think. Mm. And then most Tottenham fans are like, come on. Like, <laughs> no. that's absolute guff. And then no sooner had that sort of been put out, he yeah. goes and then gives away the pen. Uh, uh, one thing was interesting, though, is that a lot of Spurs fans were quite ready to be like, well, look, Aurier's in with a shout mm. of being kind of like one of the best players of the season. I think we 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 have sacrificed so much so that he doesn't have to do much defending. Mm. That it's, I understand he has amazing assist stats, but when we're we're manipulating it so that he is basically in the final third for fifty percent of the game, to to avoid the fact that he has to defend, and that that in in turn puts pressure on the other defenders. It exposes that we have quite aging centre backs certainly, and um, yeah, you know there is the. I agree. His his play in the final third has has improved. I I would say his defending is pretty similar to last season. Sean, are you, is there any uh, redeeming features for you there? Are you the the sort of even got a toe in that camp of you know what Aurier's playing at an acceptable level, a good level even? Uh, it's really tough because just touched on it now. It's really worrying when Rooney is having to play a formation which means a defender doesn't have to do any defending. Mm. But I guess. His attacking helper has been a bit better, which is it's been it's been all right. I mean, the the other night, what well, he's playing right mid in the four four two at points. Let me chuck out the alternative yeah, then. So right. the, what some of the other sort of Spurs voices that I've listened to or come across make the point that he's been largely one of our best attacking outlets. He's picked up assists, he hasn't made a huge amount of errors, but I suppose the, the, the other side would caveat that with, well, now he's made two very high-profile mistakes in the space of a couple of weeks. Which is quite impressive, as this formation is meant to not put him in those positions to make those errors. Mm. Yeah. So, and well done, mate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, like, it's just that the Aguero one is so damning, because Aguero has his, is facing away from the mm. goal, is pushed away, you've done the defensive bit. This is where I worry, because he's, what, 27, 28? Yeah. So he's not young. If he hasn't learnt by now, you don't lunge for the ball round Sergio Aguero, the best striker maybe ever in the Premier League. You, you just, it's, it's one of those... Sort of I, I think, yeah, it? it's unforgivable. And I genuinely think if we had Trippier still, and I, I wanted Trippier, I was pretty done with Trippier, but I feel like if we had Trippier in this system and said, look, you get free crossing... For basically, <laughs> you don't have to do much <laughs> defending. I think he gets five, six assists uh, more than Aurier has right now. Uh, the thing is, though, mate, I get, well, I get the impression that you weren't done with Trippier so that you could bring Aurier no, in. No, well, <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't done with Trippier so I could bring Aurier in. I was done with both of them so we could bring a proper right back in and have KWP as a backup. That was my absolute. I know it's pie in the sky. Football teams rarely rotate three players at once. But I was like, right, Aurier and Trippier. It's almost like we're done with that. It's over. It hasn't worked. Um, neither are up to where we, where we should have signed Ricardo Pereira, but you know that's long gone. Um, and it felt like KWP under a really world class right back that could have improved him, brought him up. It, uh, obviously, none of that has worked out. KWP is now out on loan. Uh, Aurier has no real fight at right back I would be genuinely really intrigued to see if Mourinho sticks with him during the summer because I get the feeling that uh, that that might be somewhere that they're still looking at yeah that would be an interesting one when we get towards when we get towards the transfer window Mm. considering that he's played Aurier in almost every 
every game so far. Mm. And when you consider the fact that Foyter has been all but written off, oh, he's gone, mm. it's yeah, just he's over. Gone. And and that was because he was sort of taking too many risks. And you think, well, Aurier's yeah, made a couple of high profile yeah. errors and he's been I'm gonna maintained. I'm going to have been my Juan Foyer's fan club yeah. t-shirt because <laughs> I was a really, I, I genuinely believed Pochettino wanted to turn him into a right back because he's good on the ball, he's fairly quick and uh, his crossing's good. But we saw it once. He had a really good game, I think, against Olympiacos in the Champions League away. I can't remember. Yeah. Anyway, he had one game <laughs> at right back, really impressed me. And I think you're right. I had, think you're right. Yeah, and then had a bad game at centre back under Mourinho and got hooked at 60 minutes or something. But yeah, he's I, a risky player. That's the thing. Yeah, yeah. Mourinho which is why, like, which is why he stick him at right back, basically. Which I think what, which is what Poch saw. He, he he stuck him at right back and basically said to him. Like, we don't we don't want you doing what you do in the centre, but you can do it out on the right wing when you're further up the pitch. And he did it, and he d- he takes some players quite well. But yeah, you know, they, sometimes these things just don't work out. Um, so let's move on to the, the the sort of lighter side, the beautiful stuff. Um, for me, there's there's probably three very very clear options as to what we could pick here. Who wants to take the the beautiful bits? What are you doing, mate? No, no, no. I, 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 went for, I went for the good, but like, uh, but there's been some really yeah. good moments over the you, course. Um, of I think the moment where Bergwijn scored that goal of, mm. is pretty obvious. Um, it kind of felt like it's almost like the pressure had been lifted a little because we hadn't scored in a big game under Mourinho, we hadn't performed in the mm. big game under Mourinho, and to get a goal the way it, it was like that with a youngster on his debut, and you could see it in his face, like he was kind of. Just screaming mad. He, he said he forgot to do a celebration because he was just just so over the moon for it. And it was, I, I was running around my house screaming. Like, <laughs> I, hadn't, I hadn't felt that way under Reno up to this point. So, Well, and in the big games, you're right. We hadn't really done much. Mm, no, yeah, well, yeah that's probably, that was the most disappointing thing under Mourinho, I think, so far is that we haven't competed in the games where we thought we would. And I understand Liverpool was probably a better performance again, but. You know, so that's where people just can't get drawn into it because it is still eleven professional footballers standing behind the ball. Um, positives, though, beautiful things. I think Winksy showed that he can be a really effective defensive midfielder against Manchester City. He also showed that he can't do it again three days later <laughs> because he put in an incredible shift against City. And I thought it was quite harsh to go right, do it again against the Southampton team that have got high press, they're energetic. They're completely reborn under Hassan Hootel. I have to say the change, the, the change in shape didn't help him at all no, either, not at did all. it? And uh, I, I suppose the, if we're looking at the Southampton game as well, Lucas's goal, mm. very, very, very nice tidy finish. I do want to make a quick note about um, Tungin Dombele breaking Rodri's ankles in that, the 93rd. That, that, that <laughs> was a little step thing. over. Yeah. <laughs> that, that shows that we're feeding on scraps though, right? The, the, yeah. the triple step over to, to burn him in the 90th minute, everyone's going, oh! <laughs> like, that, that video of like all the rappers, oh, God! <laughs> yeah. it, I, I struggled a little bit with Bella the other night because I wanted then, off the back of that performance, mm. for him to, I was almost doing player cam, wasn't I, yeah, Sean? Yeah, yeah, I literally yeah. sat there like laser focus on him. I just wanted him to go out and actually take the game by the scruff of the neck, and I know that our shape didn't really suit him. And, and uh, tragic though it is, I feel like Eric Dyer has probably reached the end of his uh, end of his time as a top defensive midfielder, mm. and I think he might have reached that a little while ago. Um, but that just didn't help Ndombele at all. 
and it didn't help Winks either. And I just thought Ndombele came in and it was a fairly average performance. Is that fair? I think so, yeah. I think Spurs definitely still need to go out and target a proper destroyer in midfield um, so that they can play Winks in that holding role. But when they have games that are going to be intense three days later, they can just make that simple swap out to someone who might not be particularly fancy on the ball, but is like Wanyama in 2016-17, who will just mop up everything loose that God is around that him. Sweet. That was oh. You don't know how good it's got until it's yeah. gone. Yeah. <laughs> Dembele, Wanyama. Although I do think at the time, I do think at the time, when I was watching Spurs, mm. I, I really appreciated it. I like, just literally people were ping balls out mm. and those two would just yeah. destroy people. Mm. You like never thought you'd see it. After Modric, I never thought I'd see like a, a midfield that I enjoyed watching mm. tick as much as that. But what, I mean, I think what we're probably realising now, looking back, is how good Dembele was, is. Uh, I mean, every Spurs player in every press conference ever tried to say, oh no, he's the best player I've played with. And that's Danny Rose, I think, did it today. Yeah, really? said, might be the best player I've ever played with Moussa Dembele. Yeah, close you know, control. It, it's just that thing of uh, certain players who are born with, with certain talents. And Moussa Dembele had that core strength that just meant he couldn't get pushed off the ball and speed, oh, agility. One of a kind. Yeah, what a player. Jude, give me some beautiful stuff. I've got, an, I've got a niche moment from Go when um, in, that, in that City game when well it's not too niche because um, it's been it's done the rounds a fair bit <laughs> but when Winks intercepted that Marius corner sprinted about half the pitch and then got shoulder barged off the ball maybe um, and then got up and celebrated the red card oh, <laughs> with his arms going oh, just all it. over the place Honestly, and it was like it. you are proper coys yeah. yeah and I think <laughs> that's one of the things of Harry Winks I, 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 lots of people were sort of talking about it being close to the end for Winks I, I think it was such a fundamental re- misreading of mm. what Harry Winks is all about when people were saying oh he's never going to do it as a defensive midfielder and I'm like but he's not a DM he's not a destroyer so if you're expecting him to be a destroyer mm. you're going to get poor value for money because mm. he's not that, that's not his role he's someone that wants to control the tempo of games yeah. Metronome. yeah absolutely and he wants to buzz around and he wants to progress the team up the pitch yeah. and it felt so unfair when he was being held accountable for an entire team's poor performance um, and, and, and also like you said he's someone that every time we score you think oh my god that's that's one of us yeah. on the pitch and he sort of spoke to him about it the other night mm. didn't we and we interviewed him after the game uh, against Southampton and he just he, he says sort of like he couldn't really can't really control himself when Spurs <laughs> score but I getting a red card and knowing the value that brings in the game and mm. jumping up mm. and celebrating like that. I'm like, well, hey, that's someone, I hate it when people say this, but that's someone who gets it. That's someone who mm. understands it. Yeah. And that for me was just it was such an important moment in that game. I don't think you can place enough value on how important it was to, for City to go down to 10 because they were battering us from 11. Mm. Um, let's go down finally, the, the downright ugly. What 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 was what was ugly? I just want to add one more thing. Go on, mate. Sorry. Another beautiful thing that's happened this week is Troy Parrott signing his new contract. Yes. Because genuinely, I, I mean, <laughs> we've got an Irish fella in the office, and uh, I mean, if it <laughs> <laughs> to talk about excitement, it doesn't even come close. I mean, they think he's some sort of demigod, and let's let's hope he is. But either way, the hype around him to have Juve scouts, Bayern Munich scouts come and watch you, you've got to be pretty decent. And the fact that we've got him, now we just have to 
And Mourinho said he doesn't have a striker, but he's got a pretty big 17-year-old, 18 now? He's, he's 18, 18. just 18, 18 a couple of days yeah. ago. He's got a pretty big 18-year-old who's, you know, making waves. So use him sparsely, but use him. I'd give him a go. I'd like to yeah, see yeah. him play yeah. a couple of games. But I, I agree. I understand don't chuck him in for just for the sake of it. Because if it doesn't work, people will get on his back. But use him. Definitely use him. Thir 60 minutes and we're, we're struggling up top, which we have been. If you brought on a striker who, up until now, 18 years, well, he's been playing probably, what, 14 years, he's learned how to play that position. Mm. And we've seen plenty of Lucas sort of running around, losing the ball, winning it back, and then losing it again. Yeah, Maybe so it's trying to... It can't be worse than that. Yeah. Well, exactly. <laughs> I, think that's, I think that's where Spurs fans are at now. It can't be worse than what we're currently watching. So is that the ugly then? No, no. Well, yeah, I guess the ugly is that we just... It is what it is still. I think the real ugly was Jan Vertonghen's reaction to being subbed and kind of just knowing that this might be the beginning of the end. Do you feel like it is? He was so... Bad. He was getting run. Yeah, it, it was it was really sad to watch. Because mm -hmm. I've loved Jan for years, but it was really horrible to watch this once great defender just getting given the run around by Shane Long and Nathan Redmond. And he was Player of the Year about. He was, it was like yeah, 2017, 18. Yeah, he was exactly our Player yeah. of the Year. I don't, but I don't massively buy into the fact that he's absolutely done. Uh, I think the fact that we're playing this system that sacrifices certain areas of the pitch. Uh, means that certain centre-backs are getting shown to have no pace and, and last season wasn't quite the case I never thought, you know he's never been the quickest defender in the world mm. I still think he offers you plenty if you play with a if you play 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 the right system basically his reading was always good though wasn't it mm. yeah look he's off form I, I don't know it's tough to say right his, his agent's been on the spin today though have you seen him saying yeah. well doors still open at Spurs we were looking at the Euros squad and you're like well it's going to have to be a massive swing in yeah. form between now and then. I, I'm not saying he necessarily still has a career at Spurs, but I think he could do a very good job for, a, for another team. I, I don't want to give up on him. And, I, like, and there's a lot of people who didn't agree with this, but if we were to play a three, um, mm. three centre-backs, and he wanted to play uh, Tanganga and Alderweireld, I'm not opposed to him playing Sanchez and then having the Tongan as a, as a left-sided kind of full-back. His crossing is actually really, really good. And let's face it, our, our full-backs crossing. I know people say Oreo has been good in, in that department, but the amount of crosses that he wastes is, is awful. And Sessegnon hasn't quite got there for me. So I don't think it's a terrible option to have to play Vertonghen as a, as a left-back. I, I think that's probably the, the part of me that's not ready to give up on him. Because I'm I, don't, still I don't see him at fullback. I think that's what I think. He, unless he's playing a defensive right back, yeah, and he and Vatonga's yeah. the flying fullback. I think, yeah, so. I think he gets. Well, that, that's what I mean. Yeah. Is yeah. it more in a sense if we feel like we've got enough pace uh, at Tanga as Tanganga's playing on the mm. left of a three, perhaps? Would you give him a little bit more freedom? Well, yeah, you're right. What it underlines is that Spurs need to look at their fullbacks, and it's been the same for a couple of years now. <laughs> the fact that there's all this like oh Ben Davis is back oh Ben da does everyone remember <laughs> Ben Davis is it the same Ben Davis that I was watching before because he's fine and he'll do it he'll do an absolutely fine job and I like Ben Davis I think he actually works better as a left centre back than as a full back yeah, because he doesn't have the pace to get there and his delivery is patchy I think it's fair to say it's not, not incredible it's not terrible similar to Ore in a way um, but we're not we're not really pretending that if we'd had Davis, then everything would have been working yeah. absolutely fine. It's kind of a strange period, isn't it? I don't really know 
who or where we are. We're, we're lacking our identity at the moment, and that's uh, the the worrying, the one worrying thing, and the one thing that I think Spurs fans need to be aware of is this has become. It looks quickly like uh, Mourinho's last couple of years at Manchester United, where they lacked a real identity going forward. They were a bit shaky at the back, and the midfield never became settled. And um, you know, that's what I'm not going to make any judgment until after the after until this time next yeah. year. I've already said that before. I'm, I think he deserves a summer with the players. He's come in and he's got us four points off Champions League. For now, that's that's fine. Uh, if he gets Champions League at the end of the season, for me, it's been a good. Uh, it's been a good season. Uh, if he doesn't and we don't win the FA Cup, which is what apparently he's here to do, that's what. That's what, if you speak to most Spurs fans, that apparently that's what we're going for this season. I, I think it's it's quite an outdated view because if you get the Champions League, you've got hundred hundred odd million coming your way. If you get the FA Cup, you've got a nice little trophy in your well, cabinet. This is uh, one of the things that was raised the other day. Is if you had the choice between winning the FA Cup or making the Champions League this season, what do you reckon you? Choose. I mean, I don't, I don't particularly like turning my nose up at the FA Cup simply because Spurs haven't enjoyed that level of success to really be in the position to do that. But I prefer watching Tottenham play in the Champions League, playing, you know, teams or preparing to play teams like Leipzig, playing Dortmund last year, City last year, Ajax last year. Um, it's it's sort of cut and dry between what I want to watch as a fan rather than you know what I want what I want my team to win. What what can this is something that really interests me. Why is it that that's how a lot of Tottenham fans feel? Because the Chelsea fans, United fans that I speak to, they just want to win. Mm -hmm. But why is it that we want to watch something that doesn't guarantee success? Why is it that we sort of look at that idea of being amongst the elite? Do you reckon there's like an inferiority, inferior, that inferiority complex? Perhaps. I mean, I've always been a more style over sort of substance supporter, really. Because at the end of the day, it's your free time and you want to enjoy what you're watching as well. Obviously, if you win a cup and something like that, that's great. But just as a fan, you want to enjoy what you're watching, which is sort of what makes what we're watching right now a little bit tough to stomach, yeah, <laughs> even absolutely. though they're getting wins. Um, I mean, if I, if, I wanted to, if I wanted to support a team that just won everything, I would go and go somewhere like Chelsea but Spurs I've always thought they had that style instead um, and that's what drew me to support them in the first place and I think and I think that probably is why it's so addictive as mm. well because when you do get the spikes mm. they they just feel a little bit higher you know the peaks are just a little bit higher and it does mean the troughs are then a, a little bit lower as well. So, like, we've spoke about on many occasions, Madrid broke a lot of people. Mm. It broke, mm. like, a lot of fans. But it, it does feel now, like, for the first time in a long time, we're really trying to understand again sort of what it's going to be to be a Spurs fan for the next 18 months. I think you're right, yeah. Uh, mainly because with Harry Redknapp, we saw a complete a, a new style for Spurs, and it was exciting, it was a bit manic, it was not necessarily incredible football sometimes it was sometimes it wasn't it was hot and cold but people really enjoyed that and it was a big change from what had come before I, I did the, enjoy the, that yeah exactly yeah. Yeah. it was weird yeah. wasn't it was a it? massive change from what had come before those early those first few years of the 2000s was bad like drudgy football and then and then we had AVB you know we had a bit of a weird time we had the the, the mastermind uh, what's his name 
One day. N- no, not one day. Tim Sherwood? Tim Sherwood. <laughs> oh, <laughs> the man, man with the, the gelée. <laughs> Tactics Tim. Tactics Tim Throwing the gelée all over the place. Pochettino, and so you look at Harry Redknapp, you look at Pochettino, and you, you're saying these are two guys who got Spurs playing probably the best football in, what, 30 years for yeah. Spurs. And so people loved that. And, uh, and it was an upturn in results. So I think people are still putting good football to winning results. And Mourinho's football looks an awful lot like the early noughties of Spurs again. I have to say, we just have much better players now than then. <laughs> it, it, I, I guess that oh we, we just don't have what the saying. balance, do we? We don't have the balance of squad to do kind of what he wants to do. Let's just dance on. We've got a little bit of a break now, but then uh, Sunday the 16th, away to Aston Villa. Th- that, for me, feels like one of those that we have to go and get it done you can't if we're talking about Champions League at all you've mm. got to go and beat Aston Villa is that fair it feels it feels to me like do you remember under Sherwood we went to Norwich away mm. when they were managed by t- um, Chris Hewton and we lost 1-0 mm-hmm. and we were well, mathematically we weren't that far off the top four I think but it did kind of feel like if we can't do it here we're not going to do it again and I feel yeah. like we're going to go to this mm. other team that are fighting relegation that have been really, really patchy this season. You don't know how good or bad they're going to yeah. be. You aren't really that organised either. And if we can't do them, then who are we going to do? Yeah, you know, and they've got the players to sort of shock anyone. Like, like Sean said, they've been incredibly patchy. So if you get Villa and they're up for it, and we, we let's be honest, in the last few years before Villa went down, we were struggling at Villa Park. I mean, the, the famous Harry Kane free kick. That was yeah. a Villa Park, yeah. wasn't it? Like, yeah, we did not play well that we day. We didn't play well that day. <laughs> <laughs> but we won. And so... <laughs> I think, for me, to the end of the season, I'll take this. If we can just keep winning and make top four, I'll take it. Then you get a summer to do everything that you've talked big about. You're not going to get You're not going to get 150 million to bring in players. Mm. So it's all about what what have you got tactically. I think you lean on Sacramento for the attacking play more, because from what we've been told, he's a genius going forward. But we haven't seen yeah, it yeah, yet. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, be interesting to see who comes in the summer. Um, right, I hope you enjoyed it today, guys. That was um, a fa- I probably uh, we middled out, didn't we? We could have been more negative. I thought we were quite positive, considering how we normally. I are. think we're fine. Let's be honest. <laughs> it's not going to get much more positive over the next <laughs> five months unless we win the FA Cup. And I fucking love to win the FA Cup. Yeah, I would really <laughs> quite enjoy winning yeah. the FA Cup. Um, make sure you subscribe. Uh, you can get us on SoundCloud, on Spotify, um, on iTunes. You can pretty much get us everywhere. And check out our YouTube channel and our Twitter channel, 91 underscore football as well. We'll see you all next time. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. 
Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.